I just want to reiterate the, the course that we're doing. It is so powerful. You actually get one of these participant manuals when you're doing the course. And the, the stuff in here, I was reading it yesterday, it's so profound that, you know, we're not just, you know, you get to hear Phil Pringle preach for a start if you go to Connect Group, which is amazing. One of my favorite preachers in the world and also the father of our movement. But you actually get to really go in depth into that preach. And actually, I was looking at this yesterday, the stuff that you're doing, the, you know, the questions that you're asked, the way that it goes in. It's fantastic. But if you want more than that, these books are for sale. I think we're selling them for 15. Is that right? And they're worth 20 because we just bought, we just went and got a whole box because we think everybody needs to read this. So it's not compulsory if you're doing the course, but I would suggest that you get this at the information desk at the end of today, $15. You got it, didn't you, Lisa? Are you enjoying that? It's fantastic. You know, in this course, we're learning so much. Who's enjoying it? Who's enjoying it? If you're not in a connect group, you're actually getting on Sundays a little bit more of the cream on top. Let's just say that. Although when Pastor Phil preaches, you get more than cream, I think. Um, if you didn't hear his sermon last week and you've not been listening to the podcast, you need to catch up. Listen to the podcast because, I mean, Luke last week was amazing. Pastor Phil last week, like these sermons, rare a couple of weeks ago was mind-boggling. I mean, we have some great preachers in this church and if you're not in that service and you miss, you sort of, it's like you miss a family birthday. You know, and you've got to go back and just look at the photos and catch up. It's fantastic. But we've been learning things in this course like this. We've been learning right now, this is this coming connect group. You've been learning about that you are the image of God on the earth, that we're a new creation, that we're overcomers, that we're sons of God, that we're kings ruling in our world, that we carry the glory of God and that we're more than conquerors. So we've done who you are, who you are, God. Now we're doing who we are. What have we got? Just this last week, the Lord's been really challenging me personally about just stretching, stretching who I am and stretching myself as a person, stretching myself in my gift. I don't think you ever get to a place where you arrive. Who knows that? You never get to a place where you go, okay, you know, well, I'm 56 years of age and I've been doing ministry nearly 20 years, full-time, probably doing ministry 32 years, part-time. And you feel, you, you know, you should know something by now, but I tell you, the more that you learn about Christ... The more that you look into the word, the mirror of the word, and see the reflection of that word in your own life, the more that you realize you don't know very much, the more that you realize that you must stay hungry, that you must stay like a child that says, feed me, daddy, feed me, daddy, feed me, daddy. Someone said to Pastor Phil and I last week, you know, how come I've seen other people that have been in ministry a long time and they get stale, they get old, they get a bit cranky? You know, what is it about you? What, how come you've stayed so fresh? And I said, 
think it's because we've stayed hungry. You know, I just, like even now, I feel emotional about my hunger because I feel like I'm so dissatisfied with where I am right now. And we need to live in that place all the time in our Christian life. This is a, this is a Christian life that is continuously growing. It's a journey that we're continuously on. And if we stop, we're stale. If we stop, we might get grumpy. If we stop, you know, we, you know, we, just, we just get normal again. You can get normal pretty fast. Who knows that? You can just get normal pretty fast. You can get natural pretty fast. You can put on that old man at the drop of a hat. But for me, I want to live on the edge. I want to live in the supernatural. I want to live out of the new man or the new woman in my case. And I want to stay hungry for God and always asking God. And I really want to be challenged by other people. I want to be mentored by people that I see that are down the road further than me. I want to place a demand on that anointing uh, that people have on their lives. And so I'm continuously feeding myself. That's why it's good, you know, you're listening to Phil Pringle preach in these connect group sessions and you put a demand on that anointing that's on that man's life and you receive something back and I do that and so in my spare time I will you know I will I will listen and look at people that make my gift live who knows that you've got to stir up the gift inside of you so because my gift is prophetic in nature I need to be listening to people who are prophetic I need to be feeding myself I need to be challenging myself I need to be reaching out and saying, you know, even if it's across the internet, I want that mantle. I want that anointing. I want more of God. I want you, God. Why do I want more of God? I want more of God because I'm not satisfied. And what causes that dissatisfaction is when I look around, all I have to do is go to the shop, walk around the streets, and know as compassion wells up in me, that there are people who desperately need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every minute of every day, they're dying, they're dying, they're dying. And it's us who have the answer. It's us who have the message within us. And so you hunger for more, not because you want to, you know, oh, you know, you don't want more so you can, you know, oh, I want to put on a show, God, and everyone will know I'm a great preacher or a great prophet, and they'll all talk about me when I'm gone, and I might get on the big stage and preach with the big guys one day. No. That means nothing. That means, see, Jesus did ministry. Why? Why did Jesus do ministry? Firstly, to reveal the Father. He, everything he did was about revealing the Father. And then secondly, it was out of compassion. Everything he did was out of compassion. Jesus had compassion on them and he fed them. Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them. Jesus had compassion on her. He lifted her chin up and gave her hope, vision and direction. It was out of compassion. And so I've been watching this guy named Sean Boltz who's, you know, he's, he's, he's quite profound in the prophetic and definitely down the road a lot further than what I am. God's doing a beautiful thing across the earth amongst the prophetic people. I'm loving what God is doing. But this guy is on the forefront of it. He's only a young guy, 
in comparison to me anyway. He's like in his 30s and, um, and he's just so humble and relaxed about what he does. And somehow God just is using him in profound ways. He, he actually will get people's names, addresses, phone numbers, name of their children, Um, you know, names of people that have died that they're grieving over. He sees Jesus in heaven and Jesus gives him messages for the people about people that have gone before. And like, it's just amazing. It's amazing why? Because it's really, really getting into the heart of people and letting them know their father knows them. Your father knows your name. Your father knows where you live. Your father knows the name of your kids. I mean, that's what the prophetic ministry is all about revealing the Father. Amen? And so, you know, one story that I can share with you, just trying to think of a good one. I mean, they're all so good. I watched one the other day. You would like this, Joshua. Um, This guy doesn't, he speaks English. He's American. Um, But he just, God got him to write down these funny words and he thought it looked a bit African. And so he was, he got into the meeting, he was in America, and he just said, is there anyone that speaks African or any African language here? One person came up, I think they spoke Swahili, and he said, can you read that? And they looked and I went, no, I can't read that. It doesn't mean anything to me. And he went, okay, well, maybe I've missed it. Maybe I've missed it, you know. And he's quite humble about that. And he goes, but, you know, is there anyone else that speaks any other, you know, dialect of African? And one person put their hand and said, I speak Afrikaan. And um, he said, well, come and have a look, see what this says. And so this guy reads it, and he just reads out, and he says, yeah, I understand these words. And it, and it says this, it says that God is going to use you like a mighty trumpet to break through into nations. And he goes, Oh, awesome. So does that mean anything to anyone in these two other words? And there was two other words there. And he goes, I don't know what those two words mean. And they said the words. And, and so they're saying, does it mean anything to anyone? Everybody's just going, no, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything. And the next minute someone says, there's someone in the overflow room from Africa. And their church is called the Blast of the Mighty Trumpet or something like that. You know, it's like, and... You know, it might be for them. So they ran out into the overflow room and got this guy and brought him in. And they said, you know, sir, is that that the name of your church? Yeah, that's the name of my church. And then he started to get it. Well, this word is for you. He said, but it involves your children. He said, do these two words mean anything to you? He said, the first word is my first name. The second word is the name of my daughter. And he said, your daughter, you know, and he went on to prophesy, your daughter's in gospel music, your son's in gospel music, they're going to have a great breakthrough. Sir, you're going to be used as a trumpet, blah, blah, blah. The guy's on his face crying. I mean, it's just profound. I just go, what? He's prophesied in Spanish the other day. He just got, oh, this looks like Spanish. Anybody speak Spanish? And someone gets up and reads it, and it's a word for this mum and her two kids, and the kids' names are there in Spanish. He doesn't know how to, and I'm just going, well, that really challenges me. And I go, you know what? I want that. So, you know, we've been learning all these things. And it's great to have knowledge. Who knows that? It's great when Pastor Phil preaches and we're just getting the teaching. 
in there when, you know, Luke preaches, when Ra, we're getting all different dimensions. But the Bible says that we should be doers of the word and not just hearers. So you can get a lot of information. But if that isn't transforming you and then transforming the world around you, then it's just religious information. It needs to have an outworking. And so I'm challenged by this course. I'm challenged to grow. I'm challenged to stretch. I'm challenged to find my identity in Christ and to, and to get rid of fear and be able to step into new places in God. And so we were, we were actually buying a piece of furniture last week. And, you know, as Phil does with everyone that we meet, you know, we're just sitting on the bed talking about furniture, sitting on the beds in a shop, and he starts to, you know, I know where he's going, so I just get quiet. I know not to interrupt because I can hear the way he's, you know, he's getting the conversation around to God, as he does, because that's, he's an evangelist. He loves to do that. And I'm just learned to be patient. I'm buying a bed here. We're not witnessing to someone. But no, I've learned to be patient. And I'm just sitting there, I'm listening to him. And Phil and I have worked together so much as a team that we can kind of look at each other and know if he's not getting through, maybe it's me. And I'll, I'll be talking and maybe I'm not getting through and I'll look at him and go, yeah, maybe this is your one. And so he's talking to this guy and he's doing all the intellectual stuff. He's challenging him on the intellectual levels and you know, theological levels. And this guy says, you know what, you know, I've heard all that before. You know, I was, I was flatting with someone whose mother was a, from the Salvation Army. And this woman reckons she had insight. And every time she came around, she would tell me everything that was wrong with me. And he said, yeah, she said it was insight from God. She would tell me what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my life. I don't really want anything to do with that stuff. And I just looked at Phil and went, it's mine. It's mine. And I said, you know what? I have that gift. I have the gift of insight. And God's given me a gift so I can see into people. And he said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, but that gift needs to be used with love. Otherwise, it's no use. And I told him the story about when I was a child, you know, we'd, we'd all go in my dad's um, station wagon, six of us, no seat belts, off to the tip. And that would be our outing for the day because we were poor. We'd go to the tip and Dad would say, everybody, get your spade, get your bucket. Back in the days when you could do this, by the way. Go and find a treasure. And uh, we'd all go and all my brothers and sisters would be running all over the rubbish tips, fighting with each other over bits of scrap. And I'd get my bucket, I'd go right to the heart where it stunk, where absolutely you'd go you know, just trying to get in there, and I'd be digging into the milk, because I knew that the treasure would always be where no one looks. And I'm telling this guy this story. And then I said to him, I would find a treasure, I would clean it up, it would always be the best treasure, and I would put it on my mantelpiece at home. One day the Lord said to me, I'm giving you a gift. And that gift is to go into the world, into the rubbish tips that have been dumped on people's lives. And I want you to go to the smelliest, dirtiest places. And I want you to dig through until you find the treasure in my people. And I want you to take it out. I want you to polish it up. I want you to give it to me so I can put it on my mantelpiece in heaven. I said to this guy, that's what that gift's about. And he went, 
oh, okay, well, that's a different perspective. And I went, for instance, you're an artist, aren't you? And he goes, how do you know that? I said, well, I just had a vision of your painting. I said, but you're a frustrated artist. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, you've been to university. You're just about to go back to university because you were frustrated because you have a message inside of you to paint and you don't know what that is. You keep painting pictures and just say, these pictures are great, but they mean nothing. They mean nothing. I feel like I've got a voice. I said, you've got a spirit of justice on you. And he's going, yeah, yeah, I do. And I said, that's right. And you've got a message inside of you that needs to come out in your art. He said, that's right. And I said to him, that message can only be found through God. Your father has the message he wants to, he wants to dig it. It's inside of you like that treasure. Your dad wants to get in there. He wants to bring out, you have something to say in your art. All I want you to do is go home and say, God, if you're real, will you reveal yourself to me? And will you tell me what the message is that I have for this world? Will you paint through me? This guy's just blown away. He just goes, but he's, you know, he's still reserved. He's still like, mm-hmm, okay, mm, that's good. And then I said, and that girlfriend that broke your heart? And I could see his heart bleeding. You know, you're emotionally bleeding. That girlfriend that broke your heart, she wasn't right for you anyway. She was needy, she was clingy, she didn't understand that you're artistic, that you need your space. You need heaps of space, don't you? I do, I need heaps of space. I said, that's right. Said, you need a girl that'll give you space. Wait for the right woman. God has her for you too. And I just said, okay, now let's buy a bed. And I just left it at that because, you know, you can overkill. Just left it at that. And then we went to think about this bed that we were thinking of buying. Went back after an hour and Phil went first to talk to, talk to this guy. And I was a bit behind because I was on the phone. And as I walked up, this guy saying to Phil, she's blown me away. I don't know what's going on. She's a freak. Like, this is weird. But I tell you what, I'll never forget this day for the rest of my life. And I said to him, good, do you want to be Facebook friends? Because I'd love to see your art because I'm interested in you. It's not what, I don't want to, I don't want to be Facebook friends with you so I can hound you in. I want to know who you are. I want to see your art. I want to see it develop. I want to see the message come out. I'm interested in you. The next day I go home, I got a friend request. Will you be my friend? So what's the first thing I do? You need to come to Christ. No. First thing I did was I got on there and I liked his art. I started to compliment him on who he was inside and draw out the gift and the treasure inside. You know, 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood we're not James Bond if someone for those of you on podcast a phone just rang with James Bond I'm going to read it again but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his wonderful light amen Hallelujah. I've got written here, we are meant to rule and reign with Christ. 
We have power over all the enemy. When we walk into a room, the atmosphere should change. When we walk into a room, demons should flee. When we walk into a room, there should be that trembling within the heavenly places that something's about to shift because you walked into that room. If you just knew who you were in Christ and what you carry, if you just knew that a few words from your mouth can change a person's life forever, hallelujah. I remember when I got saved and I was singing at a businessman's meeting and, and this guy came up to me in the business meeting, he said, oh, are you so-and-so? I said, yeah, that's my maiden name. Did you used to live at such and such a house? I said, I did. And he said, oh, I lived across the street. I said, did you now? And I remember growing up, hearing this music across the street, which I now know was Christian music. At the time, I had no idea and no knowledge of God. But I would hear this music and I wanted so much to go across the road and say to this guy, what is that music? It moves me. What is that music? But I was too scared to go over. And this guy says to me, oh yeah, I used to live across the road from you. And I said, did you now? And I remembered the music. Oh, you used to play that music. And he said, yeah, yeah, we used to play our Christian music really loud in the hope that you would hear it. And your family would hear it. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. We used, and then he laughed. We used to pray that you'd get saved or get out. (laughs) Do you know, I've never been so angry. I want, this little man became littler. And I grabbed him by his shirt. And I got really close to his face. And I said, because of you. I lived through another six years of hell. Why didn't you walk across the street and tell me about Jesus? Because I was hungry and I was desperate and I was being abused and I was broken and no one came to rescue me but you lived across the street and you never came. And I think about that story when I walk out. Who am I in Christ? Who are we in Christ? We are rescuers of humanity. But we're scared to walk across the street. Fear binds us. The boundaries that keep us safe, keep us safe from what? Keep us safe from being embarrassed? Isn't isn't it more important one soul than your embarrassment? Is one soul worth you getting some egg on your face? Is one soul worth you making a mistake? What if I said to that guy, oh, you're an artist? He says, no, no, I'm a businessman. I went, oh, okay. Well, God still loves you. You know, it doesn't matter. God loves businessmen too. And then I'd go down another track. It doesn't matter if I make a mistake. But I practice. I practice. I remember when, you know, the first time I was starting to learn about the authority in the name of Jesus. Who remembers that? Maybe you haven't learned that yet. I'm going to teach you today. There is authority in the name of Jesus Christ. When you speak the name of Jesus Christ, things shift, things move. Amen? And so I'm learning about this because in the 80s, it was like, you know, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Ho, ho, ho. Demons will have to 
Lovely. Oh, and we're singing all these songs, and I don't know what the heck they mean, but I, it was fun. And then the, the pastor was teaching us as a brand new Christian. You know, if you speak the name of Jesus, it's powerful. And I'm just like, I'm getting a revelation of this. And so the pastor asked me, I'd just come out of show business, fresh out of the world, you know, still learning about the Christian life. And the pastor asked me, we're going to do an outreach in the park. And we're wondering if you would sing, Julie, you know, use your gift for God. And I'm just so excited about this. I'm going, God's going to use me. God's going to use me. This is so amazing. I'm so scared. I just want to do it right. You know, and so the night before I'm about to sing at this public place, Phil's on night shift. I've got little Jilly's only about three or four weeks old in the little crib next to me, my eldest. And I'm just praying and I'm saying, oh God, and I'm so nervous. Please be with me tomorrow, God. I want it to be you. I don't want it to be my old self, you know. And I hear this voice and suddenly the room goes really cold, like ice. And I just get, you know, you ever been so afraid that you just go, and you just can't move? And that's how I felt. And the presence of the evil one was in my room. And, and I just froze. And I heard this voice say to me, why can't you just be lukewarm like everybody else? If you sing tomorrow, I'm going to come after you and I'm going to come after your family. And I just froze. I didn't know what to say. And I'm trying to remember, what did they say I have to do? What did they say I have to do? And then I thought, the name of Jesus. And I start, you know when you're so afraid, you go, <laughs> just what it got out. And I just went, with all my fear, I went, it's Jesus' name. You know, it just came out like that. And instantly that presence left my room. Instantly it left my room. And I felt the flood of God come into my room. And I learned about the power in the name of Jesus. Colossians 2.35 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. Woohoo! Triumphing over them by the cross. We have been given authority. One of the realms of authority, and that's what I want to really focus on today, is our dominion authority. I feel like I've got a real prophetic unction this morning to really break people through into dominion, into taking ground for God. Amen? In Genesis 1.28 says, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and have dominion over it. Amen? So we've been given this dominion authority. But that dominion authority has two realms. First of all, we have to take dominion over our own souls, over the, over the land of our own heart, over the ground within. And as we're doing that, not when we do that, because who knows that that's a lifelong journey, and if you wait till you're you know, good and proper ready, you'll never do a thing. But as we're doing that, we take dominion over the ground around us. You know, the Bible says little bit by little bit, little bit 
by a little bit, they took out the giants in the land and moved towards their promised land. Your promised land is as you move. It's never in staying still. It's in dominion authority. Amen? I love this. <clears throat> in Matthew 14, 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. I love this because Jesus has been training these disciples. He's been working with them about their authority that they have, about dominion that they have, about the gifts that they have. And now in this verse, he clearly says, Jesus told them, go ahead of me. Now Jesus is testing the waters. Does he do that with you too? When he gives you something to do, when he gives you you know, teaches you something, and then he says, now go do it. Now just go do it. Just like he did with me in that shopping center. It wasn't easy for me. There's no way easy. But he just says, go do it, and you just go and be obedient. And so he sent them out ahead of him, and while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. I love that. You know, Jesus never sends us out and, and challenges us to take dominion over our own hearts or over the, the land around us without interceding for us and walking it through every step of the way with us. Like a, like a wonderful Savior, he's, the Bible says that he intercedes at the right hand of the Father for us. And so he's saying, okay, I've challenged, I've challenged Julie to step out, or I've challenged Sarah, or you know, I've challenged Lisa, I've challenged them to step out. And now Jesus is up on the mountain. He's up in heaven and he's interceding. Come on, you can do this, my child. You know that I've given you all authority. You know that I've given you everything that you need to be all that you are in me. Just step out of your fear. Step out of your comfort zone and let me take you to greater places where you're ministering, not just with me, but on behalf of me. When you're representing Jesus, when you're representing him to the world, not just talking about him, but representing him to the world through your gift that you have. Amen. <clears throat> and later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind that was against it. How many of you know when you step out to try and do something, the first thing that will happen is that you'll get buffeted? that there'll be something against it. How many of you know that there is an enemy who doesn't want you to take your ground, who doesn't want you to move to the new place in God? Amen? And the buffeting starts, and many times we just pull back. We pull back into that fear. We pull back into that place like that enemy said. If you go and sing tomorrow, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. I said, in Jesus' name, that was enough. That was enough, and he was gone. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee in Jesus' name. Amen? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. When God, Jesus shows you another dimension of who you are, you can be frightened. You can go, there's no way. Like, you'll make all kinds of excuses for why you can't and why you shouldn't, and how hard it is, and it's easier to stay here. And they were afraid, and it says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, do not be afraid, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, and of power, and of sound mind. Do not be afraid. 
And then Peter says, Peter gets it. He said, Lord, if it's you. So he's still not sure. Oh, Lord, if this is you, maybe if I just say the first word and then you can say the rest. Maybe if this is you, I can just start to give up this addiction and take one step and then you will be with me the rest of the way. Lord, if it's you, we're all insecure. We all don't quite know. It's a bit of a guessing game sometimes. But Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And he says, come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. So again, the wind comes and he's afraid and he's beginning to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know, and as soon as they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. We're so stifled by our own limitations. We choose to stay in the familiar rather than take risks. Many of us have... Right now, I feel in the spirit, many of us have new ground to take, barriers to break down, spiritual forces to command. It's a forward-moving kingdom. It is an increasing kingdom. It's always increasing. It's increasing. The government is upon his shoulders, and it's an increasing government. It's an increasing kingdom. Discovering our identity in Christ is a lifelong, unfolding journey. And 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Therefore, I'm reminding you today, I'm reminding you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Everyone say, in me. Stir up the gift of God. It's already in there. The treasure's in there. Let God move the rubbish. Let him in. Do the things that he's telling you to do. Give up the vices. Get a new job if you have to. Do whatever it takes to break through that the treasure within you may be found and stirred up. It was in you through the laying of my hands. Amen. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. It is a journey that cannot be traveled from the exterior. Listen to me. This is a journey you cannot travel from the exterior. Because if you, travel, if you travel it from the exterior, it's religion. If you just go, well, you know, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray, I'll do this, I'll do that, and everything should be okay, and never let the penetration of the inner man happen, never go deeper, even if you get to a place where you just stop that happening, and you just, you know, you're going on what used to happen in the old days, you're not moving forward, you will be stifled, amen? You will be, it's an inward journey, it must be journeyed from the interior. I, I was, I love songs, I love music, and music really speaks to me. And this is a new release from Amanda Cook. She's such a great lyric, lyric what's lyricist. And, you know, this really spoke to me. Just listen to these words, they'll be on the screen. It says, Speak. Even if your voice is trembling, please, you've been quiet for so long. Believe, it'll be worth the risk you're taking. You're afraid, but you can hear adventure calling. There's a rush of adrenaline to your bones. What you make of this moment changes everything. Listen to this. What if the path that you choose becomes a road? What if the path that you choose becomes a road. 
What if you just step out and be obedient to God in that area of your life that he's challenging you right now and the path becomes a road that leads you to your destiny and your identity in Christ. I love this. What if the ground you take becomes a home? How many times in your Christian life have you, like I did, that night, in Jesus' name, with my tiny little Christian voice, that became my home that I lived in and I still live in today because I took that ground I believed in the name of Jesus Christ and the authority that I have as a believer and I stood on that ground and I stepped in and it's become my home now. I'm praying that the, the deeper prophetic realm becomes my home and then I'm gonna go and find another path that'll become another road, that'll become another groundbreaking time, that'll be another home that I get to live in because this is the Christian life, amen? This is the Christian life. The wind is high, but the pressure's off. I'll send the rain wherever we end up, wherever we end up. Set your sights, sailing beyond familiar. In the rising tide, you'll find the rhythm of your heart. And lift your head, now the wind and waves don't matter. What if the path you choose becomes a road, the ground you take becomes a home? The wind is high, but the pressure's off. I'll send the rain wherever we end up, wherever we end up. I am the wind in your sails. Can I have the worship team? I am the wind in your sails. You know, this morning, I just wanna say, firstly, how proud I am of people that I know in this congregation and people that are close to me that are actually being brave enough to, to take new ground in their lives, amen? Amanda, I know that God is speaking to you right now about new ground that he wants you to take in your own life. And you know, it's always been, oh, it's Joshua, it's Joshua. And Joshua is amazing. I've watched you preach, by the way. Amazing. What a gift you have. What a, what a gift you have, Joshua. You know, I'm sure there must have been a day where you had to draw a line in the sand and come out of that Muslim faith into Christianity. And, and you probably left family, you probably were persecuted. I don't know your story, I'm longing to hear it. But to hear you preach um, and compelling people to, to witness to Muslims, to lose their fear that these people are beautiful people that need to know Jesus Christ, I take my hat off to you. But I wanna say this, Amanda, it's always been about Joshua, maybe. And right now I feel like it's gonna be about Amanda and Joshua. You know, I believe God's gonna teach you how to work as a team, like Pastor Phil and I work as a team, and there are gifts and callings that are in you, that are in you. And I believe God's been stirring those up, and then you get timid and just go, oh, no, no, I'm just not gonna, you know, that's okay. He's so strong. He's so amazing. You know, I'll just, I'll just stand in the background, and I'll just sing his praise. And wow, I honor you for that as a woman. As a woman, I honor you because I sing my husband's praises. I submit to my husband. I love my husband. I would make him fly before me any day. But you know what? There comes a time where you have to fly, Amanda, where you have to find what is my identity in Christ. And I believe God is speaking in the deepest parts of your heart. He's gonna give you a vision that is gonna not compete with your husband, not lord it over him, but complement him 
And as you fly, he flies higher because you are the wind beneath his wings. And if you don't fly, he won't go higher because you're a team. Amen? Doesn't mean you have to take the pull, but you know what God is saying. It's in the intimate places of your heart. And I want to congratulate others that are taking ground. And I know, you know, right across this congregation, I want to congratulate you too for having the guts to come back to church, to face your past and stand and say, we, as for me and my house, we will worship God. You know, you guys, I take my hat off to you and I'm proud of you and love you and honour you, honour you. You are children of the Most High God, amen? Sophia, I honour you for the ground that you've taken in recent times. I know when you first came into this church, you are an emotional wreck. But you know what? And you had to face so much. You know, you lost your dad, you lost your mom, you're standing on your own. But God has put something inside of you so powerful. And I see the changes in you, Sophia. You are just a, you are, you are a pocket rocket waiting. I'm telling you, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if there, if there is not a preacher inside you. I would not be surprised if I see you on this pulpit one day preaching. You are amazing. And you've turned your pain into joy. You've allowed Christ to come and take your beauty, your ashes and made them into beauty. You are glorious, and I'm so proud of you. What, how far you've come in a few months. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. I want to say to Katie how proud I am of you and your mom. You guys are incredible. You know, right now, Katie's dad is in the nursing home across the road. You know, he's, he's probably, you know, he's probably close to going home. This woman has every step of every day stood with her husband with Hutchinson's disease and remained a faithful, loving wife. And she supported him. She's nursed him. She's loved him. And I'm just, we're just so proud of you. We're so proud of you. And God is so proud of you. Talk about breaking ground. But I want you to know this, that there's a day coming. You know, you don't have to be guilty about him being over there because that's God. God has him. He has him. And when it's time to take him home, it's going to be so peaceful. And then there's going to be a time for you to be refreshed, to be restored. And God says to you, your race is not finished. God is going to add years to your life in actual fact. I heard him say he's going to add another 20 years. For your faithfulness to your husband, he's adding an extra, to what you would have lived, he's adding an extra 20. You will live into old age and God is going to use you in the last part of your life greater than he's ever used you in the first part of your life. There is a future and a hope for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And Katie, I'm so proud of you. Here's a girl that was afraid to sing you know, although she sang in jazz bands, when she got into the house of God, she would have panic attacks because she wanted it to be so good for God. But she stepped outside of her fear. And only yesterday she was crying about how her dad is so close to dying now and how hard that is for her. And in the, in the past, Katie would have just said, I can't worship Lee tomorrow, I'm, I'm an emotional wreck. And I was waiting for that. I was even gonna offer it. And God said, no, I'm teaching her new ground. Don't make it easy for her. Let her get out of her own boat and walk on her own water. And this morning, I'm so proud of you, Katie. I'm so proud of you. And your dad would have heard that. Your dad would have heard you. I'm so proud of you. 
You're an amazing church and I just want to encourage you this morning because I'm out of time. I could prophesy over all of you because I'm just, I love you all so much. There was one more that was on my heart. Trish, you've had a loss and that's been really difficult for you but with every death there is a resurrection and I want you to know your little baby she's in heaven she was a little girl and you need to name her you and Dave you need to name your little girl because she's in heaven I want you to know that every child goes to heaven whether miscarriage, abortion whatever it is Those children go to heaven. And your little girl is in heaven right now being raised by one of your relatives that's already there. I see her running in the grass and I see her being raised. And when you get there, Trish, she will be the first one to meet you and she will know you and she will call you mum. She will know you. She's being taught about you in heaven. You know, God has photo albums as well. And he sits the children down. He goes through the family album. She knows her mom. She knows her dad. And she is so happy. And there's a resurrection coming to you. There's another child that God's going to give to you and Dave. And this will be the child of the promise. And you're going to rejoice. And the pain will be turned into rejoicing. This child's going to be so funny that this child is going to make you laugh and laugh and laugh. And one day you're going to think back, you're going to go, Pastor Julie said that. Pastor Julie said that. No, God said it. The Father knows the child is going to give you. It's going to be a child of joy instead of mourning. Amen? Hallelujah. Did you hear that, Dave? Yeah. You guys are awesome. Love you so much. And we carry your pain. We carry that. Every loss is a loss to our whole congregation. We love you. Father, we just thank you right now. Let's just stand to our feet. Oh, God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just quickly hand out communion? Thank you, Lord. What I want to do this morning to close the service and to just end off the the service is we're going to hand communion out. And I want you, within your heart of hearts, to have a private moment with the Lord. You know what he's saying to you. You know whether the ground is internal or whether the ground is external that he wants you to take right now. And I want you to hold your communion in your hand for a moment and just get quiet with God. Just get quiet with God. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Just asking God, what is it? What's that place in my life that you want me to take ground in? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So I want you to say a prayer in your own heart. Just keep the music down, just Jeff playing louder. Just say a little prayer in your own heart and say, God, I know the ground that you're talking about to me.
and I want to make a commitment to you this morning that if you'll be with me, that if you pray for me and I stand on the authority that I have in you, we'll take this ground together. In Jesus' name. Let's just take communion as a sign. Lord, we thank you for this bread that represents your body that was broken for us. You went all the way. You took the ground for us through the beating of your body, through the laying down of your body. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we take this juice that represents your blood. Thank you for the blood that was shed for our freedom. Thank you for the blood that was shed for our salvation. Thank you for the blood that was shed for our deliverance. Thank you for the blood that was shed so that we might have authority and dominion restored to us. Lord, let this blood, as we drink it, let the blood of Jesus restore our authority. We just drink that right now. And Lord, I thank you that your name would be on every lips. And as they face, as they face these new grounds that they're gonna break through, I just thank you that they will say, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Storm, be still. Waves, be still. Wind, cease. Demons, bow. Walls, break down. Barriers, be removed. Because I'm coming through to take the ground that was paid for for me by the precious, precious blood of Jesus. Come on. Let's lift this music up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's as simple as a prayer and it will bring you into his presence immediately. Perhaps you've known him in the past and you need to come back to him and recommit your life. Every eye closed. (laughs) Right across this room. We're going to say this prayer together and if you mean this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you will be saved. Amen. Thank you, Lord. (coughs) Hallelujah. Say, Dear Jesus. Everyone say this Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. That you went down to hell for three days. That you took the keys of hell and death. That you rose from the dead on the third day. 
and that you sit at the right hand of God victorious. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in you. I give you my life. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. And I want to live the rest of my days proclaiming your mighty name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just while every eye is closed right across this room, if you said that prayer and you meant it, just lift up your hand, every eye closed, and we'll just get someone to come and just give you a Bible and some information about what you've done. Hallelujah. Every eye closed. Lift up your hand high. Lift up your hand high if that's you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song.
I go to so I can mix with non-church people. And I met Crystal on Monday night. And I invited Crystal to church. I didn't know you were here. Where are you hiding? You're at the back. And Crystal wants to rededicate her life to the Lord this morning. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Did you say that prayer with all your heart, Crystal, when I prayed it? Yeah, just say it again. Jesus, I give you all my heart. I give you my children. I give you my life. Use me for your glory, Lord. Forgive me of all my sin. Give me a fresh new start. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Feel her. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Your fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me. Thank you, Pastor Julie. You just nailed it. Just nailed it. Love that. You, you're just, you're just our, the mum. You're the mum. <laughs> so good. Love it. So church, I hope you have a great day. The Milk and Honey Cafe is open. Say good day to someone and maybe get a, a sweetened, glazed barbecue pork roll later on this afternoon. That would do you well. And come back to church tonight because we've got Pastor Phil preaching and it's going to be awesome. He's already given me a little bit of a snippet of what's happening. It's going to be awesome. Please don't miss it. Come out tonight. We're going to have a great night as well. Thank you, church. When my life fell through 